What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. The whole retirement thing has gotten a, a lot of attention uh, thrown my way, and I, I'm here to tell you that, listen, I didn't slip, trip, and fall into a bunch of money. I didn't blow some rich member to have him you know, help me buy a building. Guys, I literally just ran a profitable micro gym, and I did smart things with the money. See, that's the difference. So many of you work hard, but some of us just work really smart. And if you've heard my story of how I purchased commercial real estate in 2016, and by 2021, I officially retired as a micro gym owner, meaning I don't have to work anymore. The amount of money I am earning on that building in a lease every single month is enough. Now, I'm going to keep doing this. I'm going to keep making content for you guys because that's what I do. And especially right now, I am releasing a whole series of courses and videos inside of Microgym University underneath MGU 301. See, I broke Microgym University into a couple different tiers, 101, 201, and I've been working on it for months, 301. And now that I've actually realized this, like I've actually walked the fucking walk. I'm not just up here talking. I have actually grown a successful micro gym over 10 years, bought commercial real estate, and I'm now able to retire and fuck off and do whatever. I want that for you guys. If you have any aspirations of that and you, you know, you want to actually learn how I did it, how you should do it, look at funding, how to set select sites, how to think about purchasing a building, all the things like what do you need to do even before you get to that stage? How much money do you have to have saved up? How do commissions work? All that, please go to the link in my bio and get enrolled in Microgym University for the full enrollment. It's $50 a month, literally 50 bucks a month, cancel anytime. You could just watch all the goddamn videos if you wanted to and then cancel immediately. I, it doesn't matter to me, guys. Just I want you to consume the knowledge. If you want to stay in there every month thereafter and get the new update, updated videos that get uh, uploaded, then fine, great. All I care is that you are working smarter than you were previously, and all the new course information that's getting dropped in MGU 301 before the end of this year it's going to be fucking awesome. It's probably the best stuff I've ever created. I'm super excited. Again, link in my Instagram bio. Go check it out. Now enjoy this fucking podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu. It is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast, and I have Gabriel Yanez in. Gabriel, what is your official title over at NC Fit? So I'm Director of Sales and Marketing for NC Fit. All right. So I've I saw I saw your presence in podcast and content, you know, over the past year or longer. And I, I've been in talking with Jason, um, and not even on like podcasts, but like on one-off conversations, your name would come up constantly. He'd be talking about like, yeah, we're we're looking at this, we're trying this thing. Um, you know, we'd, we'd meet him, we'd talk about social media strategies, and your name would always come up. And so I just wanted to get you on here because I think, you know, I love the concept of branding and I believe that NC Fit is one of those companies that I've seen from a an outsider looking in, watching digitally, having a little bit of, you know, connection to Jason, seeing the transition of you guys. And again, I found I was following Jason back when I found CrossFit back in 06, 7, 08, or you know, eight oh eight and on. Um, for you, how big of a job has your your role been, or how much of your role has been with? Okay we've de-affiliated. Okay. That was fine. We were practically our own vessel anyway. We just finally like severed ties officially, but how much of your role has been like, okay, guys, now that we're an NC fit, what the fuck does that mean? What is it all about? Like, how do we carve out our own piece of this earth in this very large congested fitness space? Yeah, man. I mean, it's, I would say it's, it's like 90% of 
what I spend my time and energy on with NC Fit is trying to, you know, and we were just talking about this, like really the ongoing journey, journey of narrowing down what our brand is, what our message is, who are we talking to and trying to get as granular as possible because, you know, I feel like for a long time, NC Fit and previously NorCal CrossFit, you know, really benefited from Jason and the personas that were there. And the brand itself was kind of riding that wave, but it never had the chance to like stand on its own and be its own. And I think as Jason is kind of obviously taking a step back from the sport, but also, you know, trying to set our own path from CrossFit, we've really had to go through that exercise of, okay, what do we want to be about? at NC Fit, what are our core values? What is our messaging? What is our voice? All things that when I started weren't really in place. I think that we always wanted to be, you know, super top tier, like, you know, tip of the spear, like very clean. But in terms of like the voice and the branding and the message, you know, that's something that a lot of work has gone into. And I'm, I'm, I'm super happy that I've been a part of that. So for everyone listening, if there's anyone who's not familiar, we say Jason, uh, Jason Kalipa, the 2008 CrossFit Games champions, you know, come dark horse comes out from behind and, and takes it. And he just had, you know, he had a very celebrated career as a professional CrossFit athlete. He vacated the sport um, when his daughter got sick and he, you know, he's been pursuing his his gyms and he has multiple. I mean, we're talking in co- from on different uh, continents, different countries. How many locations currently right now? So we have four in the Bay Area, and um, I think it's another 11 like corporate sites, both in the U.S. and in Asia. And then obviously we have our partner gyms and our collective gyms that we yep. work with. So it's a very, very impressive uh, business. If you've never listened to any of my podcast with Jason, go check him out. I did a three-hour long podcast with him where I flew out and hung out with him on one site of one of his locations. So guys, go check that out if you're not familiar with uh, the guy we're talking about. But let's take it beyond the guy you know, Jason, and what you've been tasked with is pretty tough. When did you start this role? So I got hired to be our operations manager at a corporate location that we have in San Francisco. So one of the verticals of NCAA What year was that? Is, that was August 2018. So yeah, yeah. yeah. August 2018, started there. Um, that was a pretty short stint. Um, you know, pretty quickly, I took over the collective, which is our vertical service, uh, purely a sales role. I've been a sales guy, like through and through all I was about to ask you, is your background in marketing and branding? It's not, it's not, it's been sales, sales, sales. I mean, my first job out of college was working at a local triathlon store and, um, you know, we, we sold a lot of shoes, but it's funny because there's a story that ties into branding here. So we sold a lot of running shoes. That was like our primary thing, but Pretty quickly, I realized because we worked off of commission that if I spent all my time by the really expensive GPS watches and not by the shoes, I would make a lot more commission. So I like learned those products really well, quickly became like the go-to guy that people didn't even want to talk about that stuff. They would just kind of hand them off to me. Um, And so that went really well. But the interesting thing, and I was thinking about this before, is one thing that I took away from that job was what we did specifically was like, we would look at runners and give them like their prescription for the ideal shoe. Right. And everyone would come in and just want a Nike. And it was really frustrating for us because Nikes don't make good running. Shoes. They don't make like great running shoes. Yeah. You need ASICs or cell yeah, or what all that. Yeah, exactly. And it would always be this conversation of like, no, you don't need to train for your marathon in the Nike freeze. You need this for this reason. Sure. And it's the power it's just, of brand. Exactly. The power of brand and also the fact that like, 
you know, 90% of selling for a lot of brands comes before they like come to make the purchasing decision, right? Like it's all the, the, the emotional tie to the brand that, you know, gets people 90% of the way there. So it's always been something that's been very front of mind for me, but it's not something that I had any formal experience in until I came to NC Fit, took over the collective, which is our digital service for gym owners and, you know, started getting more involved with, Hey, you know, our voice and emails, our voice and stuff that we're putting out for the collective only, how can we now make that uniform with how we're talking to our athletes and our B2C audience. Um, so it really grew at NC fit to kind of take this over. Um, so it's been a lot of learning on the job, but I think that how ingrained, you know, because we're such a small team, I've been in, you know, working super closely with Jason, trying to understand what problems we're trying to solve for gym owners and now athletes has put me in a good position to be like, okay, this is what I think we're about. And that this is how I think we can, you know, make it into a brand yeah. that is all about, you know, something that people can relate to, whether you're a gym owner, a coach or an athlete. For you guys, I mean, for you specifically, I, I took one, technically, if you look at my, whatever your, my uh, college, I don't know, whatever documents have in college, what classes I took. If you looked at that, I took one marketing course. I went on, uh, I went to the midterm and I went to the final. The only time I went to the fucking class ever. I'm, I'm very much like you, self-taught. I, you know, study guys like, you know, Patrick Hanlon and, and, and Primal Branding and the, um, yeah, I just like I, I dug into text and learning, you know, I even think Donald Miller's really got good shit going on there from a marketing standpoint. Like who have you really kind of like pulled your like how how have you learned your way around branding? Because that's that's not just common. You're not just like even an experience of just being around it. There, there's still a lot to learn from a, an actual like psychological consumer pattern behavior recognition kind of perspective. Yeah, I mean, I think that I can owe a lot of the like base foundation knowledge of marketing to Gary Vee. I mean, I consume his stuff like nothing else. I think he's one of the smartest people in the space to really kind of understand how to like watch what consumers are doing, what they're looking for, what language they're speaking, what kind of like, you know, gets them going and to be able to then, you know, almost reverse engineer that into how to reach them on different mediums, different ways of speaking to them, um, different platforms, so on and so forth. Yeah. And then I think that more specifically in the fitness space, it's really been just about, you know, having a really open mind to, you know, people that maybe you can make the argument are our quote unquote competitors, but, you know, seeing what people are out there doing really well and trying to be inspired by that and, and, and learn from them. I mean, I think you put out a lot of good stuff. I love a lot of the stuff that street parking puts out. I think they're doing a killer job. Um, you know, and then also looking at the, the comp trains and all these other things and everyone has like little pieces that I think do really well. And I think that if you really have spend the time and have an open mind to kind of like see what everyone else is doing, there's a way where you can incorporate all these little pieces and make it your own without also just like literally copying the playbook from this one brand because you think they're doing well. Yeah. A book you would probably, I think you'd love. It's called Talk Triggers. It's by a guy named Jay Bear. It's like every, every successful, like violently, vocally, referrally successful, meaning like their, their audience are those quote unquote raving fans has got a talk trigger, something unique you do that is unexpected. Cause that's what a real customer wants. A customer 
experience, what that thing wants. And that was a person. It wants what's unexpected. So that's why I go ape shit on the internets when everyone's like coaching, community, programming. And I'm like, eat a fucking dick because that is expected. You have to do those. Those are the bare minimum. So that's like, again, it's like being the Marriott and being like, oh, you know, uh, our beds don't have bed bugs. Like, I would, I expect them not that bad, but like, why would they? Like, why would your coaching be bad if you were a gym? Why would the fitness programming be bad if you were a gym? So, you know, the talk, anyway, talk triggers by Jay Bear talks about, you have to do what's unexpected. Like at Urban, like when we started doing, you know, we did like, this isn't new, but like handing someone a towel when they first come in, you know, a lot of boutique, nice Equinox gyms have nice towels, but then we have people to walk around with fucking trays of cold scented rolled aloe towels or eucalyptus scented towels and hand them to you after a workout. That's not a crazy feat. I'm not, blo- you know, we're not fucking giving away uh, hand jobs and Ferraris to these people. We're giving them a wet fucking towel that smells good, but it's unexpected. unexpected. So the first time it happens, it's Wow. That was all oh, that, that's cool as fuck. No gym has ever done that. And it, and that's all you need is that first. Wow. Now, unfortunately after that, they expect it. And now like you have clients that come in and they're just like this, no, like, cause I'm, you know, you, I'm closing down. I've got people like fucking kid you not. They're like, dude, this other gym, they don't even give us towels after the workout. I was like, no shit. Nobody else is going to fucking do that. That is not a common thing. Am I the only gym you've ever been to? That's not a common thing. But let me, let me talk to you about the big thing you guys did in 2020. You de-affiliated from CrossFit and now NC Fit, which, and I've, I've had J- Jason's himself admitted this to me. If I go into NC Fit, any class, and I walk around with a microphone, what are you doing for a workout? What are you doing for a workout? What are you doing for a workout? How many people are going to say CrossFit? A lot the violent majority. Have you guys discussed at scale? Okay, we are a standalone brand and we are putting all this time and energy into effort over everything and all these things and our, our branding is fucking phenomenal. It's on point. Is there a part ever where you're like, when is it complete? Is it complete the day when somebody comes, like I walk around with that microphone and I say, hey, what are you doing here? Everyone's like, NC Fit. Yeah, man. I mean, I think that the cool thing is that you can go around and ask that question in our different locations in the Bay Area. And it is cool to see that you would get a very different answer at our Campbell location, for example, which is a lot of newer members, a lot of people that don't even know who Jason is, yeah. that will have that, like, yeah, I do NC Metcon. I do NC Fit, That's yeah. the class that, that, that they come into. But if you go to our Redwood City location, that's all those like OGs, OGs that have been yeah. in there, they're gonna give you the CrossFit answer. And you'll even notice like the t-shirts they wear, like that gym is still wearing, like, you know, they love CrossFit CrossFit shirts. Yeah, Yeah, that's like falling apart at the seams, but they're still wearing that. (laughs) It's a throwback, Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's it it takes time, but I think that that's why, you know, like right now we're working to get up, you know, effort over everything signage at the gyms. And we always like, we do a really good job of making sure that this stuff once we say, hey, this is the direction we're going to go in, isn't just something that we talk about, but it's something that people constantly are reminded of. I want to go into effort over everything in a second, but I want to stay on this for just one minute. So for you guys and you're working hard and you and me both realize when you need a brand, if you're not in a hurry, just wait and all those OGs on a long enough timeline cancel. And there's so much new blood in who doesn't know Jason and doesn't know the CrossFit games. And, you know, the right branding will just take place over time. Anyway, it's just, it's a, it's a nature of time, but for you guys, um, 
you know, you have all these different locations and I know culture is important for you. Do you guys ever have conflict, like not conflicting amongst yourselves as a leadership part of the company, but like, we're like, man, the culture at this place is fucking great. They are all about NC fit, but the culture at Redwood is always wanting us to still be CrossFit. And the coaches are complaining about the OG. Like, do you guys have any of that? Like, do you guys have to talk about like trying to have consistent culture amongst locations when the demographics they're, let's call them their, uh, their brand age is high and low. Yeah. So I think that that's, I think that that process does predate me a little bit. I think that a lot of the, the, that real conflict, um, I've heard from Jason, you know, happened a little bit before I was there and, and kudos to him in having the tough conversations of just like, Hey, here's the direction we're going, you know, you're either hopping on or you're hopping off. And I think that that's what's really necessary. And also like, understanding that, you know, everything culture related is the top down, right? Like it's so important that, you know, there's Jason, then there's like our leadership team, then there's the head coaches. Like it's most important for that leadership team at the top to be like talking, like literally same sheet of music. Like we know exactly what we're about here, are our core values, here's the why. And I think that we've done a really good job at, you know, understanding that and, you know, talking that language, using that vernacular, and it's helped kind of speed that up a little bit more. But, you know, I mean, that that's essentially the process. It's just making sure that from the top down, we all understand where we're going, the words we use, the language yeah. we use, the language we don't use. And it's okay for that to still be a part of, you know, a big sure. community that we love at Redwood City. But understanding that, you know, we're taking this direction. And like you said, with time, it'll, 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 it'll work itself out. And the reason I bring it up, it's not uh, from a, a criticism standpoint of you guys, is because also with your light, with your partner program, your license model, you will also now have owners who went from a CrossFit affiliate to now an NC Fit, and they're going to be looking to you guys to help. Like, hey, how do we handle these headaches? What are the best transitions? I remember even when I was planning out, you know, Urban Movement's license, I had done an entire, you know, modules and courses and all this other shit. And like, this is how I rebranded the gym, and it only took me four years. Right. Like here's the slow drip process I did to finally get to an urban movement place. And I still had a bloodbath of cancellations. Right. Like, so it, it is, I think it's super interesting. And I, I love that Jason's super vocal on social, you know, he goes and works out at your locations. He pops in there, lets people know he's coming in. I love that. Um, but yeah, I, I've always thought about that. I'm like, that's a heavy lift for a company. Uh, that's you're the size that you guys have to de-affiliate, to come up with this new branding and, and to lead that charge. Cause you will, you'll have some locations that are maybe slightly laggard to the new branding or the new style or the new, you know, mindset kind of scenario. And that's just gonna That's the nature of having as many locations as you guys do. But from my perspective of what I see at the end, you guys are, you're doing a great job. And if I were a licensee or a, a partner of yours, I would feel very confident that you guys could help guide me through that very scary, right? And I, I do a lot of rebranding work. It's a scary thing to get someone to change their identity, even though the owner knows in his heart of hearts, this is the right way to go. When, you're, uh, when your livelihood is in the, the credit cards of 295 other people who love that other thing, that's, that's a scary thing. Now talk to me about effort it's over everything. Who came up with that? What, what is the idea behind that new branding asset? Before we get to that, just one thing that sure. I, I don't want to forget, you know, when you launched that, that um, you know, your license model, talk about something that's surprising, really stands out because with marketing, you want to be memorable. And I can still remember this. Like I loved the, probably the best workout 
in, you know, enter your city here. And, you know, and I think that that kind of segues into the effort over everything because you want something that's going to be memorable, unique, but you can also like stand behind, right? Like probably the best workout in the city says a lot about what the gym is, but also like the, the tone and the probably the best, like, you know, it's playful. It's, it's, it's in line with what to me was kind of the urban movement brand or how you were trying to portray Man, it. I got my last workout, my, my last classes workout on Saturday. You're getting me all emotional over here. Come on now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, no, I appreciate that. But like, I know you're right. I think effort over everything is, um, is very agnostic or is a very, when I'm like from my branding brain, I saw that. And first I'm like, that sounds like some shit MDV would say. I'm like, I bet you MDV came up with that. And then, <laughs> and then uh, I was like, but it's great. It's a good agnostic brand that I could take is you guys have your three verticals, you have your gyms, you have your B2B, you have your B2C, and you could apply that mentality, kind of like Jason's AMRAP mentality when he wrote that book, very similar. It was a mindset you could apply to business, you could apply to life and the training floor. But talk to me about like, what was the meeting room like when you guys were like, hey, let's add another branding asset and try to really put the spotlight on that over the next 18 months? Yeah. And I think that it's, it's, it's really makes sense to kind of talk about the evolution of things that we've, we've gravitated towards and tried to make our own. And just like every time they've gotten a little bit closer, but it just hasn't quite been it. Like when I started, you know, we had a sit down and it was presented to us that like all heart, all hustle was like our thing. Like that was what we wanted to be about. And we're all about hustle and we work really hard. Then like through, COVID and like, you know, trying to get our app out the door and really trying to figure out like, what are we trying to do with end consumers? We like live better kind of became our thing. We were like, we try and help people live better inside and out of the gym. And for whatever reason, you know, I think that, that like, we all like to hustle and work hard. And that's very true in the culture of like our team, our leadership team. We have a very small team. We all wear a lot of hats and we're not scared to get our hands dirty when we need to, whatever that takes. And this like idea of live better and helping people, you know, train in the gym for life outside the gym. I think that those two actually got married into effort over everything, or at least we felt good about it because MDV did come up with it. Oh, he did. Okay. I was just talking shit. He did. Oh, no, no, no. That was his idea. (laughs) Nice. Um, I have to give him credit where credit is due. I, I think that it married those two and got us to a point where it was really something that we could own. It was something that would like, you know, you would want to wear on a t-shirt, on a hat. Um, And that really like embodies what is at the foundation of having that hustle mentality and also like wanting to work hard in the gym to live better. Yeah. The word hustle, it just, first off, there's a cultural thing and you can maybe blame a Gary Vee or anyone else for like the, the sentiment around the word hustle. Some people hate hustle culture. Some people love it. Um, but yeah, in, you know, that, that could definitely, that's more of an exclusive terminology from a brand perspective, but then effort, everyone could put up effort, but you fucking 85 years old, 18 years old, you're all, you put in effort and that's all, you know? So yes, I think that's a, from a branding language and a psychology perspective, uh, looking at consumer, how the consumer is going to digest it. I think effort over everything is very clever. I think it's very clean. Um, and I, and I like its ability to transfer between the different verticals of business you guys have. So kudos to MDV. Good job, buddy. Oh yeah. He's, he's, he's got some good ones there. Um, and you know, the, the thing that's been most important to Jason specifically as we've gone through this journey is, you know, this idea of 
the end result of what we try and do with our fitness, which is really helping people, you know, be able to do everything they want to outside the gym. Right. Yeah. And you know, that comes very heavily from like our, our, our background in CrossFit and we love that. And we still very much love that. So I think that identifying what it truly takes to get to that point, which is effort, which is consistency. And one thing that I think that, you know, going back to what you were saying before and trying to be, you know, new and trying to surprise people and trying to give them something new. One thing that I am really, really motivated to make a big part of effort over everything in 2022 is this idea of like taking the, the, the mundane things, the things that aren't sexy, but that like are required for anything meaningful and like making those, the things that like we take pride in doing, um, you know, whether it's obviously working out nutrition, that stuff is very in line with our brand, but starting to talk about things like, and we're going to be running a challenge in January that's going to play off of this, you know, like having a clean sink at the end of every single night, right? Like the things that it's very easy to not do or leave for the next day, but that I think are very representative of the areas where a lot of us can improve on, again, fitness and, and nutrition kind of being the thing that is our core competency, but that really apply to so much else in life. And I think that that's where we can really be unique and really help people and get people excited about, you know, being healthier, healthier humans. Yeah. I mean, I was going back and I I remember, I mean, almost to the moment, because I I see your guys' stuff and I, you know, I don't know how many of these you'd made, but I remember, you know, it was back in August, you know, losers complain. That was a post. And then comfort is a fucking lie. But, you know, you asterisk out fucking, which is smart. Uh, find your wall run head first. I was like, God damn, Jace, look at you getting a little aggressive over there at the branding. I fucking like it. Where is, was that part of like, because that, that did never existed prior. That was not a part of it. Was it just like, hey, I think we're too vanilla. We're like riding the middle, like whatever. I think we need to make just a clear line in the sand. This is who we are, who we're not. And we need to be okay with potentially it's turning a few people, a minority off because maybe we're just being a little bit more to the point and blunt. Yeah, man. Oof. It's funny that you bring those up because I think we had a couple meetings about those specifically after they got posted. Um, you know, those were something that as I was really trying to like, you know, like, Hey, this is where we're going. And it's going to be different than where we've been. Like we put those out and we did kind of like after each one kind of sat down and be like, Hey, is this, you know, how close are we to like teetering the line of yes, trying to be more about something, trying to push other people away and maybe going a little too far yeah, um, to Billy badass. Right. Right. And, and trying to be something that like, you know, honestly, isn't genuine to like, you know, Jason and, and, and what NC fit has been in the past. And, and I think that like those posts specifically put us through a really good exercise of, you know, kind of like pushing the boundary and then finding like the fact that we were, we were definitely on the edge of how far we wanted to go. And it gave us a good opportunity to say, you know, we want to live maybe not here, but like right here, like really close to that. And I think it was a really rewarding moment for me because I saw the brand and and our team kind of matured to the point where, you know, we were okay with turning some people away Um, and, and starting to really say like, Hey, we want to be here and be something that people can really appreciate. Even if a couple of people here are now like no longer with us. Cause I do think 
that for a while it was a little bit too vanilla. And I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that we've gotten to the point now, but I think that those specific examples, you know, got us to a point where we almost found the limit on the other side. And that's good though. You got like to know the limit, you got to put some shit. I mean, I've put some shit. I mean, for me too, I've put some shit. I was like, Ooh, <laughs> Ooh, okay, man. That's, <laughs> we might need to pump the brakes on those a little bit, but that's, you know, that's good. As long as it came from an honest place, like you're not putting it out there to just take a grenade, pull the pin out, throw it and see what happens. Like you're like, no, I truly mean it, but this is maybe like, my very strong passion emotional side of meaning it to the farthest end of the spectrum. And then, you know, a day or two and a couple hundred comments go by and you're like, all right, well, I can kind of see why everybody digested that a little difficultly. Like that, I can see why that was maybe um, received different. One thing you guys also, I saw did, and it makes it like, again, I I'm always looking at things from like this corporate branding perspective when I just see digital stuff and I don't know what's going on. So I see you guys really push the, the is it women making waves? Yep. And I love that. I know you guys have a very strong presence in the company of females, but the outward, the outward, you know, that we see most of is you, MDV, Jason. Look, it is, you know, for again, for somebody who wants to play cancel culture or whatever and talk some shit or whatever, it might look patriarchal kind of to a degree, like a bunch of like these three guys. And I saw that. I was like, that's so smart. I think that's such a great idea to go in, you know, to, to really just advocate and share the success, these stories of these amazing women that are part of NC Fit. Um, where did that idea come from? Because I think a lot of micro gyms coming from there might, if they stop and think about their content, I'm not saying like, make sure you check all the minority boxes, women and this and that and get every, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is like, really take a step back and look at like who makes up your company culture or makes up your membership base. And are you telling enough of those stories? Yeah, I mean, that's that's essentially where it stemmed from, because, I mean, you said it yourself, we have some badass ladies on the team. I mean, yeah. you know, for every compliment that you're throwing our, our, our branding and our marketing, Jordan, who's actually our head of branding, is the one that designs everything. So all the aesthetic behind NC Fit that, you know, we get a lot of love for is all her work, but she like she loves being behind the scenes. She didn't even want to be a part of this women make waves things and like get any, any attention, yeah. but it, it's it was our responsibility to kind of, you know, really highlight those stories because another really big focus of mine last year that I think NC fit really needed is to humanize the brand a little bit and to add more personalities and, you know, people that people could identify to NC fit rather than just Jason alone. And I knew MDV could do that on his own. And I knew that, you know, I, I, I could do that on my own. Um, but I think that for some of the ladies on the team, you know, we had never had an outlet for them to, you know, tell those stories and talk about what they're passionate about. And that's why, you know, we started the podcast. That's why we ran that campaign um, last year or, or, or this year around springtime that was all about, you know, those, those, those ladies. So it was a really cool thing. And I think it was, it was a little bit overdue. But again, you know, we did it because it genuinely is people that, you know, NC Fit wouldn't be here without, you know, the yeah. coaches and the social media. It's not people. a PR stunt. You guys aren't Dave Portnoy, who's making all his CEOs <laughs> and corporate, you know, corporate execs females. So he doesn't get me too'd. Um, <laughs> all right. So, and you know, as a testament, you know, I, it's so, 
you guys, your branding, right? And you just said Jordan, female, who's who does your branding mm-hmm. stuff. Such a good job. Me and Jason were on a call that I think I did a screen share of, I don't know, we were FaceTime something. And I was showing him the brand manual for Urban that I had a company uh, called Metcon Creative do out of Australia. And we were, he was looking at a couple because we have these three classes called, uh, all the classes are lift and move. They have three different flavors, build, sprints, or grinds. And, and Jason was like, oh man, grind. Listen, I don't know, maybe... I, I, we might've taken that from him. Like, bro, I don't own the word grind. There's a lot of motherfuckers using that word other than you and me in, in a fitness setting. But you guys even like, I thought one thing that, and again, I think it all came from a very smart branding place that we just mutually share. I felt classes previous, I had fitness class and performance class. And there were some gyms that had like elements and competition and, you know, cross those were titles, but you saw like orange theory. You saw Metabolic. You saw these great brands. They didn't give their fucking classes names. They're like, we have the 6.30 p.m. class and the 5.30 p.m. And and I really like that idea. And what I like giving branding names, lexicon, sacred words to, was the intent of the class, like how the class should feel. Because I don't want to call – like every micro gym owner – this class and this class and this class and this class. Why? Well, I want variety for my customers. Why don't you just have one fucking class, have some variety in that goddamn fucking class. It'd be a lot less simple or be a lot more simple, way less confusion. And it would allow you variety. And um, I, I think you guys have done that pretty well. I've seen some of the prescript, like you guys are giving things that say like grind, a long grueling effort, like, you know, that kind of stuff, which I hadn't seen come out of you guys uh, until maybe in the past 18 months or so. Yeah, I mean, another big learning lesson for us um, and something we're really trying to take into 2022 is simplicity in the messaging, right? And really understanding that, you know, NC Metcon, NCX, like, like we have meanings for those two classes and those two programs. But, you know, if you put yourself in the shoe of someone walking in the door, when things don't necessarily, that doesn't mean anything to anyone. Right. And I think that having words that, you know, still have that marketing angle and can be, you know, under that effort over everything umbrella, but have, you know, like I recognize what effort, you know, because we'll have the class types and it's like effort, grind, um, sprint, like that means something readily to people. Sure. Um, Yeah. They're easy words. Like the same thing with sprints, builds and grinds. That's what we run with. Why? Because the words are already defined. I don't like it's not like urban, urban movement. I have to explain the what what that is to people. But build, sprint and grind, the Webster's Dictionary already did it for me. The less you have to explain, the better. Yeah. Especially with what we're doing, which, you know, there is a, a, a pretty steep learning curve and there's yeah. a lot of education that has to happen. If you can save yourself the trouble of also letting people know what your class name is, um, you're doing yourself a favor. And you probably get like, I think even me, like when I came up with the name Urban Movement or, or the, you know, the brands like Uber, I think everyone likes the idea of a sexy name. Silicon Valley made it super sexy to have like, like, look at what Facebook just did with Meta, right? Like, I mean, but you know what, dude, when I just launched the, the gym real estate company, I was so excited to just be a point blank. It's not confusing. Everyone knows exactly what it fucking is. And uh, there's, there's power in branding to keep it simple, stupid. Now, there's also power in really kind of creating your own classification and making people have intrigue. I'm a big fan of creating intrigue in branding. Like, wait, what did he say? Meta? What is that? And like ask and versus making the assumption like they will with the build, build, sprint and grind or whatever it may be. Um, here's another good, here's another thing I wanted to ask you guys on when you guys are, you guys were, um, coming up with the new one, NC flex, correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. 
how much of that is in response to just the cultural trending shift and we can give Marcus Philly credit for this probably of the functional bodybuilding realm and like you know functional being the buzzword in 2004 when I started like looking at this stuff to where functional is now as a buzzword how much of that was like all right guys half of the members in the gym are either following or into this thing. And maybe Jason, maybe MDV and yourself are also personally following this kind of style of training as well. How much of that intertwined to you guys creating yet again, another class off? Cause you guys offer so many different tracks with the collective. Yeah. Yeah. And it's definitely something that we're actually actively working to simplify, but NC flex is, is, is here to stay. And the reason when you say simplify, clear the messaging or you're going to like slowly shave some of these other ones off? I think we need to have less program options for sure. I think that, you know, we've gotten to a point where, you know, like NC go made a lot of sense during quarantine, like people need sure. stuff to do at home and compete big part of our history, right? Like there's competitors. Jason was a big competitor. NorCal CrossFit was a big competitive gym. So like, you know, that had a place back then, but like, where is it in the future that we want to go to? So there are definitely questions that, that we're asking as a brand, but NC Flex really came into, I mean, yes, you can definitely give Marcus a lot of credit for, you know, I think being the first one that took the brunt of that, like, you know, like, wait, this isn't what we do. Like, you yeah. know, do bicep curls and, and all this stuff. So I think he's normalized it to an extent. Um, and I think that where it, not, I think, I know that where it came from, a lot of it is, you know, where our core team, not just like the leadership team, but even our coaches are in like our fitness journey and really understanding the fact that like, you know, I don't want to do anything that's for time anymore. Like I just don't, <laughs> you know, like, I, and I don't want to do like a, a fight gone bad again. Yeah. I like have to even remotely think about what my score was three years ago and like, feel like, well, if I'm hundred less, you know, like I just want to go in there and I want to feel like I got to pump in and then get a good sweat in and like go about my day. So it's just so funny how cyclical everything is. Cause that's the thing we all talk so much shit on in 2004, right. <laughs> but it's funny now, man. I just, um, earlier this morning, I'm a, I'm a civilian now. I go to a gym. I go to a different gym. Uh, this one right down by my street, it's a, a CrossFit gym. Uh, they built it brand new, beautiful facility and uh, open in February of 2020. So there, I mean, it's, it's a great spot that's, hasn't got a lot of love, but, um, I'm in there and I'm, I'm talking with someone, some members talking to me and I'm just like, what's up, man? He's like, Oh, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I just, you know, I'm doing this thing over there, blah, blah, blah. And I I'm all about this tempo training. It's what I do on my own. I do 60 minute long workouts, tempo training base. And that's it. I'm in, you know, in and out in one hour. And he goes, Oh, I've been doing this. And I'm like, Oh, you must be new. You're new here, aren't you? You just started in the past three months. He goes, yeah, why do you say it like that? I'm like, it's not negative. I'm not saying it. Here's what's going to happen. Um, let me play Nostradamus for you. And I probably should be saying this at this other guy's gym. But I'm like, you're really going to be into this for about 36 months. All right. And somewhere between month 36 and month 60, you're going to have a renaissance. You're going to have a thing. And it's also going to be biologically age-based. And it's also going to be lifestyle-based. But you're going to want to stop going from banging like a screen door in a hurricane constantly in these workouts to being like a nice, smooth, steady rocking chair. Just get in the good reps. It feels good. It don't hurt. You could do it for a longer period. And I'm like, watch it, man. Come see me in 60 months if I'm still here. Tell me if I'm right. But that, I mean, I think that's the natural evolution of anyone who's done CrossFit level hit style training for five years or more. For sure. And, you know, one thing that we've done this year, 
between this year and last year is really kind of take a step back and try and understand like who is our NC Fit audience. And I think that that was also a really good exercise for us because we realized that it is people that didn't just start, right? Like they're not people that are excited to go to the Rogue Invitational this year. They're people that, you know, were super into this, you know, five, six years ago. And so they're in the point in that cycle that you just mentioned where this type of training does make sense. You know, we, yeah. we have a demographic that, you know, loved it back in the day, but now they're just trying to feel good, man. So I think that that's kind of where this came from. And it's, it's also very genuine to the type of training that a lot of us are doing. So it felt right to go about and, and the timing felt right to put something like this out. Yeah, no, I like it. it, it I think, Cause you guys, like you said, you're still, uh, branding is a journey. Like I, I mentioned, it took, you know, four years for me to get to the point where I could rip the bandaid and I still had a bloodbath of cancellations, but we still were refining the brand even to, you know, even to this past year, even to 2021, when I knew kind of what the writing on the wall was for my future, like we're still like refining things. And that's the thing about branding. Every brand will have to either reap what I call reposition or rebrand on a long enough timeline. It's just the nature of life. You're going to be around for two decades you don't think the culture is going to change in a way or your core values and beliefs are going to tra- change about what the thing that you do in, in any shape or form that you're not going to have to reposition this thing and kind of turn the angle of the light and dim it a little or turn it brighter. Like that's just kind of how it goes. What advice um, do you have for any micro gym owner listening that knows their brand probably needs to be adjusted in some way, shape or form, but beginning that process, they, they don't know, right? This is, they can't hire a $30,000 firm to help them do this. Like what, what would your advice be for them? If they know there's something that needs to be tweaked, they just don't know how to get that started. I mean, I think the first step is really understanding and, you know, this might sound a little cheesy, but the, your core values so that you can then use that to say, Hey, how far off is the brand that I have now to what I really believe I want this brand to be? Because that'll give you a really good, you know, kind of litmus test on, am I a little bit off or, you know, is this kind of a rip the bandaid kind of situation? Like this is no longer anywhere near what I want, you know, this gym to be in the future. Um, So I think that, you know, taking whatever your leadership team or ownership team looks like and having that conversation and really trying to define like, what does this brand want to be about um, at at like a core value level? And then using that to figure out like, you know, okay, how much do we need to, like you said, dim the lights and move this a little bit, I think gives you a good idea of then, you know, how much work is ahead of you. And then you can start planning for that. Awesome. Gabe, dude, this was, uh, this was dope. I've, uh, when, when things, and especially in your, in your state, but when things get less stupid, uh, travel wise and, and join gathering wise, I would love to get together some really good, like branding minds and put on something. Cause it, it's my favorite fucking topic to jam on it. 100% I think is the X factor that nobody's talking about. Cause it's the hardest thing to talk about. It is not come natural to micro gym owners. And I think you've got a great grasp on it. I think, uh, Jason, the team are, are stupid lucky to have you. If anyone's listening to this and they like what you're talking about, maybe they just want to bend your ear, or, you know, kind of talk some branding with you or have some questions about how NC Fit's done some stuff because they look up to that brand. What's the best way for someone to get in contact with you? Yeah, definitely email me, Gabe at nc.fit. Super simple, but sometimes people go Gabe at ncfit.com. It's not.com, Gabe at nc.fit. 
dope. And I'll put that in the show notes. Awesome. Gabe, dude, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on. I greatly appreciate it, man. And we got to do this again sometime. Yeah. Anytime. Man. Awesome. Yo, 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 real quick though, real quick, could you please go leave a review on this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening to it? My mom called me and she said that she read some reviews and someone was complaining because I swear too much and I just need to get Susan off my ass. If you guys could please go leave me a review, go share the good word. I know I'm a little bit unconventional, a little aggressive, but if I've ever helped you at all with this content, I would greatly appreciate a review. Thank you so much and I'll talk to you guys in the next podcast.